Today's episode is a conversation between myself and Ian Morris. Ian is a multi-instrumentalist, artist, and intuitive healer who has been working in the creative arts field for over 20 years. He has developed an intuition-based creative and musical synergy that are the building blocks for the development of listening to smile. Listening to smile is a a unique sound healing modality, which was developed by Ian Morris. If you want to check out more about it, you can click the link in the info to this episode. You and I spoke a little bit earlier today, and you told me about yourself and about your program, but for everyone who's listening, can you just go into a little bit about who you are, what your program is, what you guys do? Yeah. So my name is Ian Morris, and I am the founder of Listening to Smile, and Listening to Smile is a unique sound healing company that just deals with brain and body balance, um, essentially. And we do that through music and mindfulness techniques, um, but you know we do it with what we call frequency-minded music. Um, so that's working with uh, sacred frequencies like the Solfeggio scale, Schumann resonance, planetary frequencies, uh, chakra frequencies, and body organ frequencies um, to Uh, integrate into music so that when people are listening for uh, meditation, uh, relaxation, um, anxiety relief, and and things of that nature, um, it's just a very powerful experience. Yeah. So you had sent me one of your songs, and it's a song that we're going to be sharing on the podcast in another episode to follow this. But when I listened to the song, there was a pretty... I had some physiological responses to it. And I I wanted to talk to you about that, but I I, I have a question about when you say chakra frequencies and I I forget what the other ones were, but different types of frequencies. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so traditionally, like in music, things are composed for entertainment or for a certain mood maybe. And so there's so many different levels of, you know, the way music can affect a person. But what we're going with with frequency-minded music is just another step deeper, Uh, more than tempo, more than melody, more than mood of a song. We're getting into frequency. And so if uh, anyone has ever heard of like hemi-sync technology or binaural beats or pure tones, um, these are elements uh, from the sound healing world um, that engage, you know, our body awareness as well as just overall consciousness. Um, It's a very powerful experience. And so what we're doing at Listening to Smile is integrating the binaural beats, pure tones, and specific frequencies, targeting those frequencies. And then the music that we're doing is tuned to these sacred frequencies. It's either in the same key or the direct note um, of the frequency. And then it's all blended together. Um, and it's just a very powerful experience. It's um, you know, songbirds and humans are some of the few species that will actually, the, the brain waves and heartbeats will actually change based on the rhythm of songs, that, you know, the, the tempo of songs that we're listening to. Um, so it's just, it's, it's just very powerful tool for helping people to step their mind down the brainwave activity. When I was listening to the song that you sent me, and we'll, we'll talk more about the specific song later in the, the episode, but... I had an experience where 
I guess in the center of my chest, I would say there was a shift in terms of, well, to, to put it simply, the energy was calmer and maybe where there's this, where this was, there was this underlying, um, not even conscious edge in the center of my chest, it, yeah. it shifted and the edge was, was taken off. And it was kind of like, I also noticed that my jaw had unclenched while listening and I hadn't realized that my jaw was clenched. So right. it's almost like I'm, I was so subconsciously holding on to these layers of tension and, and I didn't even realize they were there until they were gone. Yes. Yeah. That, that song, this song, Belief Code 21, we've just had such powerful responses with so many different people around the world. Um, you know, there's people that have developed really personal connections to the song. And um, it's, it's just, it's really interesting. The, way that frequency like we when we were speaking earlier i said you know frequency is the great disruptor so there's a lot of like belief patterns or thought patterns or perspectives that we're holding on to and not to mention suppressed energy and stagnant energy that's in the, the body um of a human you know it's just so uh, the emotional the physical uh, and even the spiritual energy that we contain and hold and, you know, um, that becomes stagnant sometimes. And so when people are listening to this music, it's very common for people to start laughing, crying, having these emotional releases. And like you were saying with your jaw and clenching, even physical responses, you know, um, and we've even had people report back seeing visions, um, seeing colors, hearing other music blending with the music that they're listening to. There was, there's just, it's a very personal um, experience. And it's just really neat to hear the feedback from people that are listening to the music and the amount of energy that's being moved. So the song is 12 minutes. And in the beginning of listening to the song, I had this first, like an edge was off in my chest and then a, a releasing of tension in my jaw. And then later in the song, I started to feel what you just brought up emotion. I started to feel emotion and I was able to identify the emotion as sadness. And I was feeling sadness to, almost to the point of crying, but not in a way that was bad. It was almost in like a cleansing way, like a, a, a watching this latent sadness processing through me in a, in a way that like it, it had space to to be felt, almost as if like the... The, in the beginning, there's this initial release of, okay, now there's more space in me, and then emotions starting to come up. And I, I named it as sadness, but I, it, it just felt like, like a cleansing experience. Yeah, exactly. And when we're working with clients, what we tell them is to not recycle that energy, that basically it's coming up for either the simple releasing of it, or sometimes it's coming up for you to address, um, you know, something that you haven't addressed before or something that is just from your past that needs to be let go. And so we always say release and not recycle, you know, with, with the energy that comes up. And a lot of times, and I would say 90% of the cases where these, this happens, it's, it's release work. There are some things that each of us, you know, myself included and everyone who's doing this work, 
you know, mindfulness work, when you start diving, you know, deep into those consciousness pools, <laughs> um, you know, there are things that we have to let go or things that we have to bring up that we haven't addressed on an emotional level. Um, but oftentimes it's just things that we're holding on to that we simply don't have to any longer. And it's just, I really feel like this music and frequency is a really great way, a tool to release those things that are no longer serving us. You know, I was listening to a Tiny Desk concert. I don't know if you're familiar, the NPR Tiny Desk concerts on YouTube. Yes. I was listening to Yo-Yo Ma and... Uh -huh there was maybe 12, 15 minute, just a short cello concert. And I had a similar reaction that I'm talking about. This was a few weeks ago. I was listening to the cello and I had a very similar, like a, a, an edge released in my, my being, in my chest, and then just a rising of, I just started to cry while watching the video and I couldn't, I can't name what it is I'm crying about or what it is I'm sad about, but there's, it's like this process of emotion moving through me. And I didn't really know what was going on when I was listening to that Tiny Desk concert, but I'm seeing it in a different way now. Now that we're talking about this and I had a similar experience, I wonder about the frequency of that music. Yeah, well, what's really interesting is our music is tuned to 444 hertz and 432 hertz, which have been different in different time periods, concert pitch for classical music. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting. Classical music, um, the tunings are a little different from time to time. It depends on, you know, what you're listening to and who's, you know, recording it uh, or performing it. But um, the cello for me is definitely what I would call a soul instrument. Cello and the hammer dulcimer and the Chinese violins called an air hu. Um, those three instruments, when I hear them, it's just there's something about the cello, the hammer dulcimer and the Chinese violin that they just have this very unique sound very um spiritual sound and it just goes straight to your core and it's something that i think really invokes emotion in a lot of people um it's they're very powerful instruments so is it the instrument itself that is is i'm not really sure about the the, the jargon but is the instrument itself tuned to that frequency or you have to play it in a certain way to connect with that frequency so uh, this, the frequencies that we're talking about, like uh, the solfagio, you have to actually tune your instrument to A equals 444 hertz <clears throat> to hit those exact frequencies from the solfagio scale. <clears throat> but every tuning, you know, sacred tuning, there are some sacred tunings, or, you know, I would say not tunings, but sacred frequencies that are in standard tune. Like there's a lot of... Um, singing bowls uh, from India that are based on chakras that are in standard tune. Um, there are <clears throat> instruments that, you know, like Native American flutes that are in standard tune that are very powerful, you know, tools of healing. But um, it's, it's hard to pinpoint. It would be hard to say, well, this frequency is going to fix everyone or this instrument's going to be the most effective. And I, I really, I come back to the point of these are such personal journeys. Like for instance, someone who grew up with a father that played Native American flute and the father passed away, when they hear that instrument again, it's not just the connection to the instrument, it's all of the, the memories that go with it and the, um, 
the connection that they have to that instrument. So they listen for that instrument and hear that instrument in a completely personal way compared to someone that has no attachment to that instrument. Um, and there may be things where people are attached to instruments and not even know it. Like when they were five years old, they went to a concert with their parents and they saw a cello, uh, you know, and it's something that stuck with them subconsciously. And then when they heard it again as an adult, because maybe they had not gone to classical concerts or really paid much attention. And then that one day it just clicked and they were just like emotion, you know, overwhelmed them. Um, there's so many different things, but really what we're getting down to is frequencies direct frequencies with these sacred tunings have powerful effects. And when you combine that with tempo and just mood of songs, like it could be the lyrics of a song that you emotionally connect to, it could be the emotion of the song, or it could be the tempo it was just the tempo that you needed for that day, whether you were down and it was a little upbeat and it got you a little more happy or something that you were having a really overwhelming day and the tempo was slow and it brings you into a more relaxed state. So there's so many different facets of sound healing, how it can affect, you know, music in general, but especially sound healing with the sacred frequencies. They have, there's so many powerful ways and facets that it can actually affect your mood or your brainwave state or your heart, heartbeat, you know, heart rate. So just by listening to the song, it can change your heart rate. Yes, that's it's it's a uh, science has shown, you know, especially binaural beats. If you look at that, um, that you can actually step a person's brainwave state down into a theta wave pattern just from putting on headphones. You know, they could be super anxious or super um overstimulated and you set them down and you put on the headphones with a binaural beat that's in a theta brainwave pattern and it would physically step their brainwave activity down to a more relaxed state almost to the state of just before hitting rem sleep which is a very powerful you know tool to have especially if there's something that's beyond your control with anxiety or things like that you know i wonder so i i Often I watch Bob Ross, the, the painter, and when I yes. watch Bob Ross, I have that same feeling of basically it just takes any anxiety away. And I wonder, I'm thinking about it for the first time. I mean, I've been watching Bob Ross in this capacity for 13 years, and I'm yes. wondering for the first time what is happening in terms of frequency. It's something about the way he's speaking, and yeah. the brush is tapping on the, the canvas. Yeah, I think there's two things. Personally, you know, my personal thoughts behind this, because I've, I've had this conversation with other people as well who bring up Bob Ross, you know, quite frequently as a tool of relaxation. Um, and the co-founder of our company, Dana, she, you know, speaks very highly of Bob Ross and the relaxing properties of his voice and just his show in general. <clears throat> and I think you have color therapy going on because he's literally just putting these all these colors and blending all of these colors and then at the end it's this magnificent you know landscape paintings that are just you know really really cool but um i think the other element is is almost a very um hypnotherapy type of way you know it's like when um a hypnotherapist starts working with you they talk to you in a normal tone like hey how are you doing today ian and 
you know, thanks for coming in. And then slowly the cadence and the flow and the rhythm, it starts slowing down. And then it's like, you get in this very hypnotic, relaxed state just from the power of their voice, you know, the, the cadence, the flow, the rhythm. And I think that Bob Ross was a master of that cadence and flow. And he was almost, you know, like the master hypnotherapist that just leads you into this very relaxing state. And he's giving you these very colorful color therapy visuals to look at while he's doing it. So it was a very powerful show for in that, in that manner. When, when I was listening to your song, is there, a, is there any sort of, do you think of it as hypnosis in any way in that when you talk about cadence and rhythm, the way that the song is, because there was some, I guess I'd say repetition or, um, yeah. yes, yeah, so what would you say about that? Yeah, so in indigenous cultures, they would use drums as these tools of hypnotherapy or hypnotic, you know, suggestive um, states where the drum just pounds, boom, 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 boom. And, it, and after a while, your brain starts tuning out and you just kind of get into this trance through the drum. And if you look at modern music, like house music, that has the kick drum, boom, 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 boom. You know, and it's very, and someone from the outside will say, how can they listen to this music? It's the same thing over and over. But what happens is people, they're brought in on the first few minutes of the song and then they're led deeper with that repetition and that that um, almost zoning out where they're getting deeper and deeper and they're going in to focus on that, onto that rhythm or that pulse until the pulse is no longer there and they're actually in the inner chambers you know, setting, setting in that meditation. And so most people at the end of that song will say, that was 12 minutes. I thought I, I felt like three minutes, mm -hmm. you know, like, <laughs> so, so it's like, um, we do have a lot of songs that do have that repetition for that very reason, leading you deeper, but there's lots of songs that will have maybe 10 changes <clears throat> of musical, you know, um, inter interactions during a meditation. So we have some, it's just, there's something for everyone, you know, some people really like that, the repetition and, and the the hypnotherapy side of going deeper like that. Um, and then there's some people who like to kind of be entertained and hear the different changes of the meditations going all the way through. So when I guide meditation, either in my own experience or when I'm teaching a class, very often the it's not that we're trying to feel a certain way. I often say things like, you know, we're meditating not to get anywhere but meditating just for the sake of meditating so being with the breath just for the sake of being with the breath or being with the sounds that are arising or the senses in the body just for that purpose and i'll use the phrase i'll say being with the breath period not being with the breath comma so that i can meditate well or so that i can be in a certain state but just listening or being with and tuning into whatever you choose for that purpose, period. I wonder when, with sound healing, is that what you would call this sound healing? Yes, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I always kind of laugh at that because um, the healing is really taking place from the individual level. Um, what I'm doing is just holding space and making some uh, suggestions and then providing some tools that I think are effective for, um, you know, kind of being successful 
in that work of release work and healing. Um, and so sound healing is kind of the, the generalized term that everyone uses, but the, the term that I gave myself is a sound alchemist. And the reason I say that is I'm creating soundscapes, I'm creating melodies, I'm creating frequencies and the combinations and the mixing thereof of you know music that is going to be used in so many different ways by so many different people and it's a very personal experience so i always say that i'm a, a sound alchemist just using um the the music and the frequencies to create a tool that can be utilized by people in so many different personalized ways but yes to <laughs> i would say sound healing is kind of the generalized term that everyone uses for this type of work Okay, so my question was going to be, with meditation, there's that, you know, practicing just for the sake of practicing and not trying to get anywhere specific, even if that means, even, even calming down, not even trying to calm down. When somebody is participating in sound healing or sound alchemy, when they're listening, is there an intention for, I'm going to listen to this song to help me feel a certain way, or... Is it more, actually, you kind of sort of answered that question already, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, no no problem. So I would say probably one of the most famous sound healers in the world is Jonathan Goldman. Um, he's on the Hay House publishing company uh, and has put out, you know, CDs for 20 years or something. Um, but one of his powerful, you know, um, monikers, as he says, intention plus sound equals healing. Um, and I find that to be very true, but I take it a little bit further with my clients where I tell them, if you go into an art gallery and there's two artists there and their paintings are beside them and you walked up to the first artist and you said, uh, you know, hey, tell me about your painting. And he says, hey, um, you know, I just kind of threw, threw this together. Looks pretty cool, right? And then the other artist you asked, you know, tell me about your painting. And he said, well, I use these specific hues, these different colors. Um, based on chakra, you know, frequencies and these different light frequencies. And I've created this sacred geometry mandala and there's mathematics behind it, there's science behind it. And when you physically look at this painting, it's going to transform you physically, emotionally, and spiritually based on the designs of the sacred geometry, the mathematics, and the colors that we're using in this painting. And so what I've found is typically people are more drawn in by the backstory. And if you take it to modern culture, like let's talk, talk about Tom Petty for a second. Tom Petty, everyone at some point in their life has heard one of his songs. He's super, you know, free fallen, all those different songs. Um, and at some point they've probably jammed or danced to it, whether they were young or old or whatever, right? So if you saw a Tom Petty documentary that went into detail about his life and went into detail about the music, the next time you're listening to that music, you're going to have a deeper listening, a deeper connection, and you're going to be paying attention to every little subtle note and you're, it, it, the way you listen will be completely transformed. And so what we found with people is when you give them the intention and you give them the backstory of the song, people connect with the music in a far deeper way. And I think it's really important today because there's so much distraction and there's so much hustle bustle and people don't really pay attention to music. Like even people who listen on Spotify, if you said, well, what did you listen to on there? They'd say, I don't know, I was listening to the Happy Mood 
playlist. They wouldn't even know the bands they were listening to. So I think by getting people engaged more on a deeper level, the backstory and the intention, and then giving them the tools of breath work and intention setting on their own and placing that together, all those facets together, we've seen it to be uh, highly successful with helping people release with, you know, people changing lives within a week to two weeks of starting, you know, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. And then in a week or two weeks time of, you know, setting with this music in that way, completely transforming, you know, addictions, completely transforming diseases, um, you know, just really even, even down to like autism, dyslexia and things mm -hmm. like that, people are having breakthroughs. So well, I, oh man, I have a thought on autism, but I, I want to respond to what you were saying about the backstory. Have you seen the documentary or heard of the documentary Searching for Sugar Man? Oh, it's awesome. Very uh, cool documentary. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. for people who are listening that, don't have, that haven't seen it, it's basically there was an artist in I think the late 60s or early 70s, and he was producing music, and he basically never really made it in America, but I think it was South Africa where he was becoming a star and his music was, was huge, but he ended up, I think, becoming like a construction worker because his music never made it in America. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's this whole backstory behind his music. And my friend had sent me one of his songs before I'd seen the documentary and I listened to it and I, I was, it was okay. I, I yeah. sort of liked it, but then I watched the documentary, and now when I listen to his music, uh, the, if anybody wants to listen to it, you could just type in "Searching for Sugar Man" and I'm forgetting the art, artist's name. Oh, Rodriguez—that's his name. And yeah. it's a totally different experience with that backstory. So I thought of that when you were talking about what, when intention plus sound equals healing. That having that backstory is, it makes it a different experience. Totally, 100%. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, and it's and, I, and I'm the same way. There was um, so many. I've got, recently in the last few months, I would say last six months, I've gone back and listened to a lot of older music that I kind of was asleep on when I was younger. And um, it's just from watching a lot of documentaries and seeing, and even down to like the Beatles. I was watching a documentary about the Beatles and it was really talking about George Martin who produced the Beatles and how much he actually added into the band with his production and his technical intellectual know-how of music theory. Um, and it really shows you that the Beatles would not have been the band that they were without that producer. And it's not that the Beatles weren't a great band, but when you see all the stuff behind it, when you go back and listen to that music, you're really listening in a different way and have a completely different connection. And that's really what we're going for uh, with listening to Smile is connecting with people on a deep level with intention and the backstory and bringing them behind the curtain to show them the power of frequency and music combined. Yeah. Wow. Really quick. What is the name of that documentary, the Beatles one? Um, it's called Sound Breaking. Um, it's a documentary that's like six part series. Um, okay. And it's truly, it's truly phenomenal, especially the first three episodes. It's really, and it goes into even modern music, like it goes through MTV and all of that. But it's, um, it's a really, if it's, if you like music, you'll like sound breaking documentary. Okay. I'm going to tell my mom, she's a huge Beatles fan. Okay. But, um, 
I'm wearing so, a Beatles shirt right now. Oh, you are? I have an Imagine, I have a big Imagine uh, poster on my wall here. I think, okay. I think it was That's my awesome. mom's at one point. But I have um, two things that I think we can address before we start wrapping up the episode. The one is, after this episode on the podcast, I'm going to be um, posting an episode of one of the songs that we had already talked about. So I wanted to, to talk briefly about that, but I kind of wanted to end the podcast on talking about that so it flows into that next episode. But before we go there, can you just tell the people who are listening if, they're, if, they, if they are interested in what we're talking about and they want to listen to your music or learn more about your program, your, your organization, how can they go about doing that? So the website is listeningtosmile.com. And we have a lot of information on there and there's some videos that you can watch. You can check out some of the music. And at the top, we, uh, we have a section uh, that says resources and there's a lot of information to learn more about sound healing. And if this is something that a practitioner would like to work with, like we work with hypnotherapists, yoga teachers, um, holistic practitioners of any uh, sort really, you know, down energy workers, massage therapy, that kind of thing. Um, everyone needs music in their practice and we give the uh, permissions for resale and we also give licensing um, permissions to use the music in their place of business and they can also use it on social media. So there's a, a sign up there to become a meditation affiliate um, on the website. And so, yeah, listening to smile.com has everything also some music on Spotify and YouTube that they can check out some samples of as well. That's great. Thank you. And the episode that's going to follow of the song, can you just um, maybe, I don't know if somebody might have this question, but what should there, should they be in a certain place? Should there be some intention? How does one go about engaging in sound alchemy, sound healing? What should they do? So basically, you want to have a decent set of speakers so the frequency response is actually picking up everything in the song. You also, if you have headphones, you can plug in headphones and really go deeper uh, with the headphones. It's a more profound, uh, deeper, powerful experience with headphones if, if they have them. Um, even earbuds are, you know, um, they work. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically that. And then the intention is just what I usually do with people on a very basic level for someone who's never done this is that we just start with five deep inhales. Um, you know, some people go to a count of three, some people go to a count of five, then you'll hold that in for the same count, whether it's three or five, you know, um, count of holding that in. And then you're going to exhale a little longer. Like if you do a five count or an eight count, whatever you feel comfortable with. And we're just going to do five sets of those, you know, Four, three to five seconds in, hold it for three to five seconds, and then an exhale of five to eight seconds, depending on what feels comfortable to them. Um, and we just do five sets of those. And then in that intention, before you put the headphones on or start the music, you just really want to get your mind clear. You want to sit in silence for a few moments and just get to a place where you feel relaxed, you feel calm, and, and uh, you know, as much as you can um, in that environment. And then put on your headphones and just close your eyes and sit with the music just like you're listening to a best friend tell their story that's what I always uh, like to share with people is that you're really having a conversation in your mind that starts this engagement between the music and yourself and you being open 
uh, is really going to lead that where it needs to go. Some people will have busy meditations where so many things come up for them, but at the end, they'll notice that the frequency helps to dissipate the, um, the thought patterns that are happening, and they start slowly fading into this very meditative state. And that's why that song is 12 minutes, because usually the first 30 seconds to a minute and a half, people are still winding down. But as that music and frequency takes hold, people's thought patterns start slowing. The, the, the uh, brainwave activity starts stepping down. The thought patterns start slowing down and people start sitting. And like when we, when we were discussing it earlier, I said, it's almost like you're sitting in the quiet of a storm. Um, you're observing thoughts, but you're not feeling, you're an observer at this point. You don't feel like you're obligated to engage. Um, and then that starts slowly peeling away like layers of the onion. And then you're sitting um, in this space of meditation. And, and a lot of people will say, uh, I've never had a meditation like this, you know, with frequency music. Like they would say, I've listened to music and tried to, but it's not the same thing. And I think the reason is, is because there's a tone from the beginning to the end of the song that's engaging the brain. It's the melody and all of that, but there's an underlying tone that 390.6 hertz, which we call the frequency of peace, um, is, is engaging the brain the entire length of the track. So I think it helps the brain to step down and it also helps the mind to relax. That's beautiful. It's very, very interesting stuff. I have really never, experienced this. I mean, one time on one of my retreats, I sat in on a sound healing and it was pretty powerful, but for people who haven't experienced it or, or even those who have experience with it, I would recommend following up on this and, um, engage and, uh, listening to this next episode that I'm going to release. It was very interesting experience for me. And I personally am going to check out some of that stuff on your website, Ian, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast here and I get the sense that you and I uh, like we talked here for maybe 30 35 minutes but there's there's a lot more to be talked about and I can sense that already so I would love if you want to be a guest in the in the future yeah totally and I, I really appreciate be, uh, you having me on and it was a lot of fun so thank you all right Ian take care thanks thanks Bye.